On this episode, Rob and I discuss the FTC, the stock market, and how much blood is flowing in the streets. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the notorious Rob, R-O-B. And with me, of course, as always, is the fabulous Greg Robertson. <laughs> it's growing on me, Rob. Hola. I'm telling you, you, man. I've named you. I've given you the nickname, the fabulous Greg Robertson. But here's, we, I think we need to come up with like, it can't be GRG, can it? I can't, fabulous GRG, fabulous. Do you have a middle name? Bruce. There we go. Bruce. I, wow. Okay. GBR. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I can just call you Greg the Bruce. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how the hell are you, man? Good, man. I mean, you know, uh, here in corporate world, it's getting close to the end of the quarter. So, you know, there's deals flying across the desk. We're trying to get done and move and move and groove and shake and bake. And ju just to make sure, because, you know, we talked about, I think, the last episode about all the layoffs in real estate. You guys are fine, right? There's no announcements coming from lone wolf oh, no. i mean <laughs> you know anything's possible with anyone nowadays who never knows but yeah. i mean i think there's so much sunk costs here as far as buying everything they la they did last year they 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 need to get all this together to make it work so i, I you know mm -hmm. we're hiring um i was i i was working with melissa king from compass yeah and, or not bright mls and um she actually got a hold of a list of the talent available from redfin Oh Which wow! Okay, right. So we're we're hiring here at Lone Wolf. If anybody wants to go to lwolf.com and check that out, and if you go to vendoralley.com, you'll see a list from the recent um, Redfin layoffs, and you can. There's a lot of talented people there, and let's I'm hoping the industry that, and and maybe hopefully we might be able to get a hold of the Compass list. But I'm hearing, you know, they're trying to do their own helping out mm -hmm. those employees as well. So let's, that's fantastic. Sets up, yeah. That's right. See, here we go. Industry relations and Lone Wolf making a difference, you know, to the community because <laughs> we know you're all about the vendor community. So in any event, uh, <clears throat> hopefully, you know, it would be nice if we could just spend an episode just talking about happy things like that. But I don't <laughs> think that's in the cards for us, <laughs> just no, given what's not. going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I... I I, I was looking, you know, I have on my iPhone all the kind of different real estate stocks, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, looking at those. I and, saw it. I, you know, it was amazing. And I just took a snapshot of that and put it on the blog. It was just, I mean, this was Monday and it was brutal. Yeah. And now it's just, yeah. it's beyond brutal. I mean, we've been in yeah. a bear market, I guess, for five months, they're saying. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know, you know, which way to go here. I mean, it's just, it's just. It's unimaginable, really. And um, yeah. right before, in right before the uh, Fed raised it, uh, I think what seventy-five basis points. Seventy-five bips. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Compass and Redfin announced some layoffs. So, and uh, that was supposed to be like 50, 50 basis points, but it 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 went uh, to to seventy-five. Yeah. So there was yeah. a little controversy there. Um, and yeah, I mean, just a brutal week for real estate. And I really, it, my heart goes out to not only the people that get laid off, but I mean, a lot of these companies, you have, you know, options and equity in, right? So, you know, yeah. that, um, and, and everybody's 401ks and, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's horrible. It's just horrible. Yeah, no, it's, it's not great, but you know, 
depends on what happens in the next six months, a year. Like, I don't know what the time frame is, right? Because there are two minds on, around this, right? There's a group of folks, um, economists and Wall Street people who kind of feel like, you know what, if we're going to have this pain, let's just get it over with. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they, so they want a Fed. Give us the worst yeah. and just start yeah, just, from the just rip it off, right? So they're kind of like, they want the Fed to do like a 100 basis point hike or 150, you know, just like really just bang, let's just get it over with, right? And then yeah. there are people who are like, we need a soft landing, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. I think my own position on this is complicated and we've talked about it a little bit in the past. I don't know. that That's a whole... We need to bring an economist on or something, you know, or a legitimate Wall Street analyst to. Why, why would we need somebody with real facts? I mean, I think that would just just ruin the conversation. Well, Instead of I, mean, I got real facts, man. It's just uh, the interpretation of those facts is uh, is where yeah. the difference applies. Um, but the in other bad news or interesting news, and I think that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today is there's some movement at the FTC. Yeah, and you sent me that article, so it's gonna make some changes. I think it's gonna make a difference. So what what happened, Greg? What do you? Well, like, I know people Bloomberg can find article, it. Yeah, I think the Bloomberg article about Lena Khan, who is you know the wonder kid of the Biden uh, administration, um, that as you know did a memo on, and I think we've talked about her in the past of uh, kind of redefining the word monopoly as it applies mm -hmm. to modern tech, and. Um, basically the article saying is like, listen, she has a big agenda, you know, Biden's put out there an executive order for stuff, uh, but she's got limited time because, um, you know, if the house or if the house or the Senate, um, flips to the Republicans or both, um, she might find herself, you know, kind of, uh, neutered a bit. Right. So, and in this article, it lists off a lot of the things that have been on the Biden's agenda and her agenda kind of transform Amazon being one of them. Big tech is being a big part of this. But what I thought was interesting is nowhere in the article did it talk about the the real estate industry, mm -hmm. right? I thought, hmm, okay, well, maybe, maybe um, there's kind of this confluence of events where you have a, a, a shift in the market, right? You know, a lot of people I'm talking to, it's, you know, no more multiple offers. You know, they're actually, you know, call, agents are actually calling their agents who visited the open house, which never happened before. Right. Right. So NAR might, 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 might have uh, missed a bullet here. Right. Because she's only got a limited time, you know, that they're saying left to kind of enact some things. Maybe real estate doesn't hit that list and the market's shifting where everything is like, well, what do you mean? You know, it's, it's tough to sell houses. Right. You know, buyers agents actually are, are providing a service here. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, you know, you, you can say bad news or, or, you know, whatever, but it might be just a, a great news for, for organized real estate to keep it status quo, I would say. Okay. You know, there's so the, there's walk the me through pause. that logic. There's the long yeah. pause. Yeah. Long walk pause. me through that. And, and the head tilt for people who are like, walk me through <laughs> that logic. Well, I mean, you know, famously actually, there was before you walk yeah okay. hold on before you do that let's actually share this with the audience because i do think it's worth looking at the executive order itself that you're mentioning so this is the biden executive order on competition right and you're right i mean mainstream media pays zero attention to this right <clears throat> but i when i read through this thing i'm like okay section five further agency responsibilities 
under 5H, and I've highlighted it. This is literally what the language says, right? Address persistent recurrent practices that inhibit competition. The chair of the FTC, that would be Lena Khan, right? Is also encouraged, and I always thought it's funny. Like whenever there's an executive, it's like encouraged to like that. It's not an encouragement. Like this is the president speaking. This is an order. It's an executive order. You're gonna go do this, right? To exercise rulemaking in areas such as <clears throat> unfair data collection surveillance practices, uh, unfair anti-competitive restrictions, third-party repair, self-repair, uh, unfair anti-competitive conflict agreement, prescription drugs unfair competition major internet marketplaces that's a big one unfair occupational licensing restrictions big one unfair tying practices or exclusionary practices in the brokerage or listing of real estate and any other unfair industry specific substantial competition so this is literally what the executive order tells lena to do we know that lena and the staff at ftc Right. So not the political appointees, but the staff attorneys at FTC and DOJ have been wanting to go after real estate for at least 10 years. We know that the DOJ walked away from the settlement that they had with NAR because they felt it wasn't going far enough. Because frankly, if we get down to it, the DOJ wanted to go after cooperation and compensation. Right. Okay. Lena hasn't been able to do anything because of the deadlock on the FTC. Right. And the specific opportunity is it went from three Republicans and three Democrats to four Democrats, two Republicans, right? You're right. When the House changes hands in November, because it's going to change hands. Dude, the red wave is real. It's going to change hands, right? <sighs> okay. Right. You don't really? I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm quoting from Democrats when I say the red wave is coming, the House is going to change hands, right? Uh, well, it, I, I mean, I will say that 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 typically happens, you know, in, in a midterm in, anyway. Yeah, midterm anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So I call yeah. that, you know, whatever. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. My point is, if that happens, when it happens, I don't know if it's really going to inhibit the FTC, right? Because that's still the legislature, you know, unless Congress is going to start passing laws, right? Uh, saying, you know what, it's totally fine. You know this so-called anti-competitive. We're going to legislate that into being okay. Like they're still gonna have a free hand until the end of her term. So unless Lena Khan gets removed from the FTC, and there's zero signs of that happening, I figure she's got three years or two and a half. Right? She has this order with that we think the FTC is gonna want to do. Now, having laid all that out, walk me through your logic of how <laughs> the status quo gets maintained. First of all, yeah, I mean, I think you put the wrong document up. The correct document that you just shared, you should have shared with the audience, would be the previous settlement that the NAR had reached with the DOJ, because I think that definitely uh, is going to go back on the table. Number two is wait, wait, time out, you know, time out, before, time out. Before you go to number two, why is that? Wait, you, you, you like? I mean, you get to say anything you goddamn want. You can interrupt I, me, like, dude. It's a conversation. But, I, I'm just, I just want to make sure. Why is that? Why is that previous settlement coming back on the table? I, I just think you know it's, I, I you know it, it's. I think anytime there's a shift like this, it is going to affect everything. I mean, to say that the sure. DOJ staffers are immune, um, that is not the case, right? They're, I think they look back at that thing and they say, "Okay, what what can we hold our nose here and get going?" Right? Um, 
you know, not exactly the wording or whatever, but I, I don't know if it becomes as severe. And this is why it's a, okay. for my second point, right? Is that, uh, and we've talked about this before. My, my concern, what's going on in a lot of these things is that we've had such a, you know, typically this market is cyclical and we have not had a downturn in so long. People forget what it's like you know, when it turns in from a, a seller's market to a buyer's market, right? We are making all these decisions based upon this, what, nine, 10 year run up uh, of the market here. And, and they're all based upon like, that's the normal, right? And in that, in those cases, you can say, well, multiple offers, what the hell are our buyer's agents doing? Blah, 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 blah. Right. I mean, that's, that's just, that's the narrative that's been going on for so long. There hasn't been that, you know, that typical, that typical downswing, which I think we're kind of maybe going into, maybe going into a recession as well. I think when you start looking at things from that lens, maybe there's a softening from uh, the DOJ's administration's um, perspective on uh, how far they go, because we're going to be in a different environment than we've been. Uh, it's just like what, what we always talk about where there are agents now that have never seen things not just go up. Right. right. And, and, and they don't have any perspective on what, how to do business in a, in a market where everything is not just going up or, you know, or there's some, you know, the interest rates are, and, and interest rates going down like an opposite. This is going to be a wholly different market. And I think that's going to affect the decision-making um, going forward. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to respond yes. to that, but I'll, let's continue to point two. Oh, well, that, that, that was my point too, is, is, oh, okay. is a different market changing. Yeah. I think it's actually going to spur the FTC oh, to come down. Point harder. three. Point okay, three. Point three. Yeah. Point three. I think she's got bigger fish to fry. I mean, the Bloomberg article talks about Amazon, big tech. Those things are like, you know, social media, everything, you know, are, are more, I think, in, in consumers' faces. And if I've if I've got to like pick something, right? Um, you're going to look, you know, you know, it, it's going to be horrendous in the real estate market. If they say from what they're saying, right? So, why would I want to just lump on shit onto that at that market right now while it's going through a lot of turmoil with the with the interest rates and everything? Where I can go back to this big tech part and and then okay, that's you know still something I think that a lot of consumers are worried about, right? So. So it's a choice. It's a like, what do I have time to focus on? They can't do everything. They gotta they gotta pick some things, and I think. We're not that high. The organized real estate is not that high on list. I appreciate the executive order and what it says, but I think that they've got bigger fish to fry. Sorry. Okay. No, no, don't be sorry. Like, okay. Um, there's a part of me that sincerely hopes you're right. right. The part that I don't want to see the industry get completely fucked over. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. But... I, I just think it's the other way around, man. I think I think the housing market doing what it's doing. But here's my rationale. Like I think it's actually going to make it more likely that the FTC does something in real estate versus what they do in you know against big tech, right? Now, first of all, before before that, let's just point out I don't know the staffing levels. I don't I don't know what how the or internal organizations are. My understanding, generally speaking, is that you know organizations like that typically have different teams that work on different groups right so like they already have a group of lawyers and group of people working on big tech and have had one for years they, we know that they have a group of people working on real estate so you know to your point it may be that to your, you know that they want to do something big with amazon 
what I mean is they 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 have multiple groups, so it's kind of like just because Amazon is heating up doesn't mean they're going to pull talent from the real estate team. Who knows that could happen, right? We just don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But my understanding generally is that they have different departments, different groups, you know, that go after different industries, so they could kind of do both, basically at the same time. But here's my argument for I think they're going to do real estate even more. All right. Number one, Amazon is not an essential necessity. Housing is. What? Right. What? <laughs> I mean, nowadays, <laughs> I think be well, a lot of no. Seriously, yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean, like you want to pay. You're not going to have drive to the store. I don't. I don't think so. I, I'm just saying, people are much more worried about food. They're much more worried about gas, and they're much more worried about rent and housing than they are about. Alexa, right? Like discretionary. And this is something that came out in recent like retail sales reports. You know, Target, Amazon, uh, Walmart, or some of these big retailers are like, our inventory levels are going way up and consumer confidence is super low because of the recession, right? So they're saying they're starting to see less traffic, less discretionary spending because people are spending more of their money for obvious reasons on things like groceries, gas bill, and housing, right? Rents are going up right now, like 20 to 25% a year, right? Summer, Housing yeah. prices are still going up. I, I, I think it's important to point this out. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh my God, housing collapsing. Like, prices are still up, right? You know, we're seeing maybe more, you know, it's, it's not as crazy, right? As uh, Mike Simon said on Twitter, if you're going 90 miles an hour down the highway and you left your foot off the gas, you're still going really fucking fast, right? Yeah. It's not like you're going in reverse. Um, and I wrote this big post the other day and talk about, I don't, I don't actually think home prices drop like ever. Uh, but that's a whole complicated monetary discussion. I don't think so, man. I, I just don't like, in other words, we're saying we're seeing list prices drop. Yeah. Right? But if you, if the homes went up 50% the last two years and now you've dropped your list by 10%, is that a price drop? Yeah. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know. So, um, but right now, what the data is showing is the price, home prices are still going up year over year. It's just not going up 20%. They're going up 10%, right? But here's why I think the FTC might act on real estate first. Because housing is a much bigger political issue than big tech right now, right? So big tech is a political issue for whom? Right, maybe some of these uh, guys on the right who are talking about cancel culture, um, maybe some of the uh, I don't I don't know like some of the super left I don't you know socialist types who are like it's not fair that Jeff Bezos has this monopoly control or, but for the vast like majority of Americans, they care much more about my rent went up twenty five percent I can't afford to buy a house than they do about Amazon has market power Do you know what I'm saying? So I think politically, so I've been predicting this for a while. I think we see the FTC move on housing in real estate, on real estate this year. Not a big one, like we're going to ban commission. I think they do something small, like uh, maybe the, uh, the no commingling rule, right? You know, the, uh, that Rex is suing NAR over. Maybe they do something on some small, you know, <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, you can't claim that your services are free, you know, kind of stuff. Something, something small. And the reason for it, I think, and I could be completely wrong, you guys. Like I've said that from the very beginning. I could be totally wrong. But the rationale is because they want the Democrats who are facing a real tough election, 
to go out and be able to say, I'm working for you. Like our part, the Democrats are working for you to make housing more affordable, right? And they can point to Lena Khan at the FTC has done this with the president's support and Bi President Biden has issued an executive order, right, blah, 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 to try and do away with anti-competitive shit in housing. Now, it doesn't have to make that much rational sense because it's not like realtors are going to go out and try and start explaining, well, here's how the no commingling rule actually keeps home prices. Like, they, they can't do that. So it's just talking points on TV. I think they do something this year. The second reason why I think that is because if I'm Lena Khan, and I actually have to create some rule and do all that. Do I really want to go against Google, Facebook, Amazon? She versus... made a career she had a job because she did that. That paper. That she she's never going after him. She's a, she's an academic. She's thirty two years old. She's an academic. She's never litigated. She's never done that. Would you rather do that or go <clears throat> against NAR and the real estate industry? And I know no. NAR is a big lobby, but I'm sorry, man. NAR is not Amazon. I don't think, like, no one's going to disagree. NAR is the largest lobbying firm in D.C., right? I mean, that's that's what we hear all the time. They're the second largest after oh, the Chamber the of Commerce. Okay. The, uh, Chamber of so, Commerce okay. is first. Number two right. with a bullet. Yeah, no, NAR is very powerful lobbying-wise. I don't think they have the legal budget that Facebook and Amazon do. It, it's more than legal budget. It's It's the the years and decades of relationships that they've had there been on the Hill, right? I mean, you just, I mean, Facebook just can't spend a bunch on lawyers. These guys have got, you know, I think Bob Goldberg and his, his political crew is, they know where all the bodies are buried. Uh, I totally, man. No, I get it. I'm just I mean, saying, this is just, all we're not shit. talking about, that's my question. My question is, this isn't legislation. This isn't Congress. This is FTC, right? So what NAR and Bob Goldberg and all that crew would have to do is walk into Capitol Hill, and ask these people they have relationship with, hey, we need you to pass some legislation to enshrine our practices into law, right? I don't, I mean, if you're a congressman, if you're a senator and you're facing re-election, would you really want to do that? Yeah. I mean, with housing you, being the issue that it is, well, let me, it's let me, a huge risk, man. Like, yeah. it's well, a big it, risk. Let me tell you why you're wrong on these points too, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Right? So, Number one is, and I mentioned a little bit of this, but let me reemphasize, is that what's good, you know, the news is full of this, of, of interest rates going up, of, of housing, just how yep, this yep. is going to affect housing. To me, you don't want to kick them while they're down, right? I mean, what would be the implication of adding even, you know, we've already got a big shock to that system, right? It, I think there's just too much of a risk of just doing too much too soon with these guys, right? So, the guys that they're like, well, God, I mean, there's there's a lot of tor turmoil going on in the real estate business. If we hit him with this, who knows what could happen, right? I think there's just a, a bigger risk now that it's going so through such turmoil that uh, maybe gives them more pause, all right? That's number one. Number two is like, okay. does, <laughs> and I know what you're saying about talking points. A lot of, I get that because a lot of times there's no substances, uh, substance behind what these guys are saying, the politics, uh, the politicians are saying, but would um <laughs> what would the the fact that they're going to have buyers pay their own commission really make an effect on home price appreciation come on i mean that's that that, that no it's not it's not going to be like overnight oh my god since we you know since now buyers are paying their own commission 
home prices are going to fucking drop. It's just not going to happen, right? So you can say these things, and if, if nothing happens, if things start happening, they're going to think, why did we fucking go through that, right? But, but that's and, not what they're going to say, right? They're not. I, I need I need as much help as I can to to kind yeah, of that's navigate. Not, that's not what's going to happen, man. I like the pol like think of, you got to think like a politician to some extent, right? It doesn't matter whether you lie. It doesn't you're not going to go and explain? Hey, here's what I'm doing, and it's going to make these guys have to delink and buy or comp. They're not doing that. What they're saying is, <clears throat> you know, these realtors are ripping you off. I'm putting a stop to that. No, and the I, people I, that are going to do it's not I'm true, just telling though. you. I know look, it's not about truth. No, We're talking about what right, politicians right, are going to say. We're not I talking understand. about what's true or false, right? And the, all these homeowners who are like, yeah, that's right. Last time I sold a house, I wrote a check for $40,000 to my realtor. Right. But, but the the like, these greedy realtors are ripping you off and I'm going to hold them accountable. It doesn't matter. It's total bullshit. Hold on. This is a statistic. You're saying that the consumers are going to go start clapping. This is a statistic that every vendor has implanted in their fucking heads everywhere. And I see it in every market material. 90% of consumers said they would use the same agent again for their next transaction. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, a lot of times, you know, whether, you know, whether it's Marge or Brenda, they're happy. They're happy with right. that experience. They're happy to have right. that, that you know, that, that trusted advisor. So let me get this straight. Happy. Fine. No, I get you. I get you. Here's the question, right? Then this is very similar to Congress itself, right? Every poll that's ever been done says Congress, the approval rating for Congress as a whole is like 20%, right? Right. Nobody likes Congress, whether you're on the left, right, middle, it doesn't matter. Nobody it's not thinks. Tiny, correct. Right. And yet, when you add, pull them and say, well, how about your congressman? They're like, no, no, my congressman's fine. My congressman's a good guy, right? I mean, you've seen that right. stat, right? Right, right, yeah. Okay. I, I see what you're saying, yeah. Because the last time I looked, I mean, you can't claim that realtors are somehow well-respected and people look at realtors like they look firefighters, right? Well, no, but I mean, you know, they're, they're you know, I think, you know, we talked about this too, this kind of like HGT, HGTV, uh, things of, of, of put these goddamn realtors and flippers in such a high pedestal of like making deals and wearing, wearing, you know, yeah. tight fitting suits yeah. and like, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying yeah, if I'm a politician, I understand. What yeah. I'm not going to go and insult somebody like, look, I, you know, some realtor, like I'm outraged. And I was like, Hey, I don't mean you, sir. I'm sure you're one of the good guys, right? <laughs> I'm sure you're one of the good guys, but, Realtors. No, you're really good at thinking like a politician. You should you should run for office, Rob. So, dude, I mean, I I, I had a thing before real estate. You know, I was advising politicians. So, like, I think I understand how sort of how their mind works, right? Uh, so that's number one. Number two, and this this part I think is is uh, <laughs> when you said you know the DOJ FTC, they're going to be like, well, you know, things are really in turmoil. We don't want to kick them out. They're down. Are we talking about the same DOJ that is being sued by the National Association of Realtors right now? Yeah. Right? So I think it's the exact opposite, man. If you're in a lawsuit and they're like, oh, shit, they're down? Let's go kick them now. <laughs> right? Like, I think it's that. It's like, if, if the if NAR more public responsibility than that, right? I mean, if, if they actually think that there is a, that this is going to cause that there's a risk that it could cause more harm to the public that that would give oh. them some bonus, bro. Come on. 
I, I wish I had your your faith in in our uh, in our rulers because this is the same group of people who are right now telling the oil and gas companies that it's their patriotic duty to whatever the fuck. Meanwhile, they've been canceling oil leases left, right, and center. They've been denying permits to refineries. And pro oil <laughs> profits are up, 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 and up. Yeah, they're like, these gross profits. I'm like, oil. Something <laughs> smells bad in that whole thing. If, if all the costs are up, how are these guys making so much goddamn money? I mean, who knows? Uh, so that's the same group of people who are going to be like, we're going to do the responsible thing. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't really have that faith. In other words, I just assume the worst of our politicians. Right. Yeah. That's just, you know, but then again, let's, I, I'm a, I'm let's, a circle, let's circle back here to the beginning a bit yeah. over conversation. So obviously a bloodbath. I don't even want to look at my phone. So yeah. I own some of those stocks, right? So I think you know, that's the problem. Um, but my conviction but, remains uh, strong, man. No, <laughs> I haven't no, sold wait. any of my stocks because I'm, I'm, my conviction is strong. The question is not selling. The question is buying, right? So here's my question. How are we done yet? Is there more blood to be let? What um, do you mean by blood to be let? If, you know, if we're still looking for lower than, and I'm just talking about the real estate stocks. Yeah. Are, are they going, Stock are they market, still okay. room to go down? Yeah, for sure. For and, sure. and when the FTC acts, it'll go even lower. Okay, that's a bit like you're 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 blending things here. Okay, sure. you're wrong on the FTC, so that's not going to happen. But okay, um, I, I think I think I do agree with you. They, they've got room to to go down, and I was reading something about this, and the problems the problem is is that all their it's all about earnings, right? Because they've already kind of put out their earnings, and when they miss their earnings because all this is happening, it's, you know, there's still a level to go even lower, right? Which I can't imagine because mm -hmm. some of these things are way below their 52-week average, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, not giving any freaking stock advice, but man, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not looking good for sure. Yeah, I, look, we're not financial advisors, but if you're, if you're looking at this from a, like a trader's perspective, right? I make a huge difference between traders and investors. Okay. I think if you're a trader, you have to expect that the real estate sector is going to get hammered further. Right. Because I, I don't think, I, I just don't think uh, the Fed stops at 75 bips. Right. I think their next round, it'll be another 50, another 75. I think mortgages, you know, I, I think there's a real good chance mortgages at 10% by the end of this year. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. And I, is it? Yeah. So think about this. What's what's mortgage what do what's mortgage rate right now? Roughly. I think five, seven, eight, or six. It's about six point it's six point three last time I looked. Okay. Okay. At six point three, the bank is still paying you to borrow money. Right. Right? So I'm saying yeah. any rate that is below eight point six or below whatever inflation comes in at, the bank is still paying you to borrow money. So people are like, oh my God, it's so expensive. Dude, the bank is still paying you. Okay. What that says to me is the only place where mortgage rates or any rates start to make sense for the lender is when it goes above inflation, where you have real yield. So what's that number? So it comes down to, do you think inflation is going to be dramatically lower? There are economists, there are people who think and I think the Fed has projected, they think that the inflation, the CPI towards the end of this year is going to be around five, right?
okay, if CPI is around five, then a 6% mortgage rate starts to make some money for the banks, right? I don't think inflation is going to be five. I think inflation is going to be like eight, nine. There's whole, so we could even, get into that these, even this last change, you don't think that's going to slow it at all? I don't think so at all, because I don't think inflation is caused by whatever the fuck aggregate demand shit. I don't. I think it's just supply of money, right? And we haven't done a whole lot on that front. And we can't. There's structural reasons why the, the Fed has to keep printing. I so thought it was if, the, what do they call that? The They were going to start this. Quantitative like tightening and yeah. Yeah, quantitative yeah. tightening. Yeah. 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 But think like what a, is, what is, yeah, but what is quantitative tightening, right? Quantitative tightening means that the Fed's going to sell bonds, right? Because quantitative easing was when they're going to banks and they said, we're going to buy the bonds, it's give you easing money. Was, easing yeah. was buying bonds. So tightening is selling bonds. Okay. Yeah. We just got news like last week when agency MBS, like Fannie and Freddie mortgage-backed securities went on the market, they were no bid. Nobody wanted to buy them. <laughs> okay. So the Fed's going to go out and sell bonds. So these are obviously bonds that they already hold, right? So these are mortgage-backed securities at like 3%. Who the fuck is buying them? So they were like, hey, guys, here we are. We're going to offer it for auction. Who's buying them? Yeah. Right? The only way you're going to buy them is if the bond price is so low that at the 3%, you're still going to make yield that makes sense. Well, then you're the real, the true interest rate is going to be like 8 anyway. right? So I'm like, I don't, I don't see it happening. Now, it could be dead wrong. Let's bring on an economist, whatever. Tell me how I'm completely wrong. But... Just my gut feeling says I don't I don't think inflation's gonna be five. I think it'll be like eight. And if that's the case, and if mortgage rates really need to be where the bank is no longer paying you to borrow money, then yeah. I mean, ten percent rate doesn't seem crazy to me. Right. Damn. Yeah. So just, there's a lot more pain coming, is my point. As the Fed keeps yeah, so, raising rates, a lot more pain coming. So now, the pain your trader. Yeah. Uh, investors a whole different thing. If you can, if you can get, I mean, if if you can, nobody can time the market, but it it is a good time to start at the bottom. It always is, right? Dude. What do they say? So I just start to illustrate that when there's blood on the streets, right? So, that's right. That's right. So, so here's the, look at, wait before we go. On, the way I look at it is, I think I want to make this distinction. Investors, you have to have some investment thesis as to why this company is going to somehow make it, right? So you have to have some conviction around the idea itself. So people who invested in Tesla back in 2000, whatever, 11, right? And Tesla's just bleeding money. I mean, talk about losses, like just yeah. hemorrhage hundreds of millions of dollars in losses, right? They stuck with it. Why? Because they're like, because we think eventually cars are going to become electric and Tesla's a leader. So we believe in this company. And so you kind of have to look at real estate stocks the same way, I think. Like, do you believe that Zillow ultimately was going to be the dominant whatever and take the, I think what it was a projection, like they'll get their $5 billion a year in annual revenues because of whatever this, that, and the other thing. Do you believe that? If you do, now's a phenomenal buying opportunity, right? If you don't, then get out, right? <laughs> like, right? If you don't, then get out. Traders are different. Traders are trying to say, okay, we're going to buy highs, you know, buy low, sell high, and try to time the market and technical analysis and all that, like, okay, well, that's a different different idea, right? So from our standpoint, I think the question is, do we believe in these companies? Right. So that brings me kind of to a uh, next point here or next topic or 
related, obviously. So we obviously seen with, you know, it started with, you know, better.com and others in the mortgage industry doing layoffs. And, you know, that just started trickling out to other types of those type of financial institutions. And now um, this week we saw it kind of go into, I'm going to call them brokers because they are, but, you know, they all, but they also have a kind of franchisor kind of vibe to them. Right. Um, so my next question is like, when does this impact the franchisors? Now, franchisors, you know, when I'm talking about the Realogies or anywhere, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is it anywhere? It's anywhere, right? It's so anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they have longer term contracts. You know, there's other ways they make, you know, they're going to feel that if any, there's any pain, it's probably delayed for them more than like a brokerage because it's right. You know, they're making money on the market right now. So if we see it go from the, the mortgage industry down to these brokers, these bigger brokers slash, and then uh, who's next? Are franchisers next? Or I think the, the ones, I don't think franchisers are next. I think there's that middle thing of, you know, a lot of these uh, portals have switched to a referral model. The Flex mm-hmm. program on Zillow, mm-hmm. Op-, Op City with Realtor. Yeah. When do portals get affected? And then what's, you know, how does this trickle down? Do, and then, you know, to, to vendors, you know, to franchisors and vendors. I mean, I just, this is some sort of a waterfall here. And I'm just, I'm wondering what you're thinking um, about that process. Is that, I, are, yeah. is, anyone safe? is anyone safe right now? So I, like I said, man, I'm fairly contrarian on a lot of this, right? And none of this is investment advice, and none of this, I'm not even saying this is right. I'm just saying I believe in these things, right? I actually think Redfin and Compass um, layoffs make sense because they had so many employees, right? Redfin, obviously, with their model. Compass just had huge amounts of staff. Um, I think any, I think all of the other, tr- quote, traditional real estate, so anywhere, Remax, EXP, mm-hmm. I think those guys are going to be just fine. I do. Um, I think they're going to suffer a little bit because of the shift away from consumer buying, right, into more investor buying. And those agents aren't really well that well suited for that. All the ancillary businesses likely suffer like title mortgage because, again, if we shift away from consumer purchases to more institutional investor purchases, they don't really need those services as much, right? Um, but I think they're on the whole, I think they're gonna be fine because I don't think home prices drop. And I don't and I don't I don't even think that the number of transactions necessarily drop that much. Right. I don't. Again, I could be completely I'm a total contrarian on this. I think open door is gonna be a ginormous fucking winner. I, mm-hmm. I think by the end year end that we're going to see like a divergence between the rest of the real estate stocks and open door because their business is completely different. Right, and their business doesn't give a shit whether the market is up or down, and their business is really well suited to the shift from consumer purchases to investor purchases. Well, it's 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 kind of I mean, uh, yeah, I totally disagree with you on the the whole investor per purchase stuff, but um, okay, but I, I tell I me do why. See, well, let, I let, mean, let's tackle that. Why do why do you think it's not going to happen? No, I, I you know what I. This comes up so goddamn often. I, I just wrote myself an Apple note to, yeah. to kind of, because, um, and what people don't realize is just how small, right? That market is right. So, um, let me see if I can get a thing here. 
It's like less than 1% of homes in America are owned by these kind of institutional investors. Okay. So when you say to me like, oh, they're going to shift to, you know, institutional investors, it's just such a small amount. I don't think that's going to make any, any big difference. And for them to shift everything to such as less than 1% of the homes that are sold there doesn't make any goddamn sense in my head at all. Um, open door. Good, good point about open door. I, I think I agree with you there, but the, the thing with open door is, is that, and I, and I thought the stat was like less than 20%. They buy homes, right. And they are selling them to institutional investors, but it's like less than 20% or 10% of, I think it's less than 20% of the inventory actually goes to in, in institutional investors. So sure. they, they, they are in that game a bit, but still it's not the majority of their business. Right. So it's kind of a hybrid in that sense. Sure. So a couple, couple of um, things to point out here though. It's always the goddamn boogeyman in the room, right? The, Six the, minutes, whatever, and Blackstone or Blackrock and, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So a couple of things to point out. Number one is I know about that stat. The institutional investors are 2% or 1% of the whatever person is overblown. Okay, cool. The, the I don't quote, know about... I have the quote here. It's, the investment firm Blackstone established invitation homes in which Blackrock a separate investment firm, this is from an Atlantic article, is yeah. now investors, uh, don't yell at me, I didn't name them, rental income, co uh, rental home companies own less than a half of 1% of all housing. Okay. The issue there is how are they defining rental companies? You know, rental how are you defining? Exactly. And I agree with that. That is true. What I'm pointing out is it depends on how you define institutional investor. It does, because if you define it as any LLC, including family trusts, including, you know, sort of individual, like, right? It's a much bigger number. So the one thing I do look at is this. What is home ownership rate, right? If home ownership rate is 64%, that naturally implies 36% of homes are owned by investors, right? Like, that's just a... Right. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm you know, we're going back and forth there. I think there's investors like I own, I own, you know, rental property. That's right. right. I mean, that's right. You know, uh, but, but that's I'm not right. an institutional investor. No, I agree. I'm, Look, I, I'm in agreement. So that's what I'm saying. It depends on how you define institution, right? Yeah. I, my gut sense is when people talk about this 1%, 2%, that they're looking at the larger REITs. I think they're looking at invitation homes. I think they're looking at Tricon. I think they're looking at those. They're not looking at, the $25 million family trust that owns 10 homes, right? Through a bunch of LLCs. Or I don't think they're looking at that because it's very, very hard to track that. Okay, let's let's say you track that. Does that get it to okay. 1%? Dude, I think it gets us to about 40%. No, no, dude. No way. No? no. Then how, how do we explain 60, like 60% 60 home ownership? Yeah, I mean... Right. I got to look at that stat again, but I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, so it's, that's, it's, that's number one. I, so I, again, so this, this is me to some extent. I don't have the data because how it depends on how you define institutional investor. That's number one. Number two, if you are any kind of investor, let's say, let's say you're just a wealthy family. Okay. Like, like the Robertsons, right? How's your return from your stock portfolio? Probably not great. Right? What's your prospect? When you look ahead, it's like, okay, what's going to happen over the next year? 
what are you thinking? Every projection I've seen is the stock market is in for like a multi-year bear market, <clears throat> right? If you owned crypto, you're down 90%, right? If you own bonds, you're a moron because you're literally locking in negative yield. So I had this conversation very recently uh, with a guy who owns like, he's a pretty big investor. He owns like 12 homes and he sold two of them because like, the, you know, the price is at a high and I lucked out, I got out. So my question to him, because it's something I've been asking on this program, on you know writing, on social media, is like, okay, great, you sold your home at the height, okay? You made forty percent, whatever returns, fantastic for you. Now that you have this cash, what are you doing with this cash? Yeah, right. And his answer was perfect. He's like, I just have dry powder because I'm going to go buy other real estate. <laughs> he didn't say. Now that I have all this cash, I'm going to put it into the S&P 500. Now I have this cash, I'm going to buy Tesla. He's like, I'm going to buy other real estate, right? I'm like, then you are, you're not an investor in real estate necessarily. You're more like a trader in real estate. You're buying, you're buying low, sell high. Maybe you'll go and you buy some oh, yeah. stressed and asset. I mean, I'm sure he kept that house over five years. I mean, that wouldn't be a trade. Right, right, right. No, right. no, he made money on it. He's very, very smart. My point is when they get this cash, they're not saying... I'm out of real estate. Right? They're not saying, okay, now that I have this cash, I'm going to put it into Bitcoin. That's not what's happening. He's like, now that I have this cash, I'm just holding it, waiting for the next opportunity to go and buy houses cheaper. Right? My point is, I think if you look across the investment asset classes, unless you're in commodities, and what by commodities, I mean you're, you're a big hedge fund and you're trading in oil, you're, you're trading in natural gas, you're trading in Russian wheat. Chances are the best, most sort of productive, you know, the, the most attractive asset class is going to be real estate. Why? Because if there's layoffs all over the place and a lot of these 30-something young families are no longer going to be buyers, they have to be renters because homelessness is not an option. Right. Right. So, no, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, you know, obviously, we're in real estate, so this is right. not a big surprise. We know how an amazing asset class this is. But, but second, going back to asset stock, you know, stock market, right? Well, there's another investment thesis you could make. And, you know, let's say we go through the next earnings season, right? right. Your earnings call. And the what we just talked about at the beginning, where Okay, everybody misses, and there's another drop, right? Because yeah. it was based upon the old world, right? Well, yeah. you could argue that you know a lot of people um, would say, you know what, they're going to keep the powder dry because they are going to, and again, you know, you can't time the market, but it would right. be a lot of buying opportunities in the stock market Absolutely. for some depressed stocks. So, yeah, I think real estate is is a good thing, but you know. You know, I think a lot of people argue that the stock market would be a good thing as well. Possibly, you know, possibly. The difference is stock market doesn't generate cash flow, real estate does. Right? In other words, yeah. let's say you're totally convinced that uh, real estate is going to bounce right back. So you're just waiting, you're going to hold your powder dry. I'm waiting for Zillow to go to 20, right? And then when it hits 20, I'm going to back up the truck and I'm going to buy whatever, a million shares, right? Good for you. You can do that. The issue is Zillow doesn't pay dividends. Right, So you're just holding it. You're just betting that the price of the stock will go up. If you do that in real estate, what you can count on is not only do I think the price of this asset is going to appreciate, maybe not at 20% a year, 1%, right? But you know what? I could raise rents by 
Yeah, especially if you could buy all cash, right? Because then you'd have to worry about right. the interest rates or anything else, right? right? So yeah, right. No, no, I, right. I, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, for, but, for sure. I mean, it's, it's an I'm, interesting um, conversation. I mean, I think hopefully people can appreciate the different <laughs> uh, viewpoints we both bring here. But um, I, no, you know, I don't think thing, I, don't, I don't think we're talking really too doom and gloom. I just think we're no. we're trying to like make as best as we can about, about you know what's going on here. And I think there's some positive things and there's negative things. No, I was just going to point that out. Like this ultimately ended up being a real hopeful white pill thing. In other words, those of us who are in real estate, I think we should actually recognize real estate is the best asset class left now, right? That I don't think home prices are going to plummet by 30%. Like we're not, this isn't the bubble back in 2000, right? And I wrote a post about this. Like it's not. Uh, I, I, the only real danger that we're facing are political dangers. Things like rent control, things like FTC action. From a market standpoint, I think real estate ends up being the best performing asset class over the next couple of years, right? Because of the whole rental demand, et cetera. The big danger for brokerages specifically and franchises specifically is that they're not yet kind of geared up for that world, right? Because, you know, all the training, the agents themselves, they're about helping consumers buy and sell houses. Right. If that starts to shift in a substantial way to helping investors buy and sell houses, some agents are going to do very, very well because that's kind of their specialty. You know, they could go in and talk about cash flows and cap rates and blah, blah, blah. They can do that. And they, and they have a lot of agents are going to need to retrain themselves. They're going to need to retool if they're going to survive. That's, but I think the companies will be fine. You know, so that's ultimately hopeful. <laughs> like, Wall Street don't understand real estate. They just like, oh, housing headwind, like sell everything real estate. Like, hey, you guys are idiots. Like, you don't understand yeah. how this is going to play out. So, well, and, yeah, and, it's ultimately and, hopeful. You know? Yeah, as we wrap up too, I just want to again point out to anybody listening, you know, on VendorAlley.com, I've got a link to the Redfin talent list um, of those that's that fantastic. were least affected by the lay layoffs. Um, so, you know, use that hopefully for, for any vendors out there that are hiring. There's some, I looked at the list and contact information, previous titles. So a lot of people on there. I'd love to see those guys find, find a soft landing somewhere. Um, yep. And, you know, for anybody affected, you know, our hearts go out to you guys. And um, hopefully uh, you can find something in the space um, that I know we all kind of love and appreciate. That's right. All right. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, thanks, Greg, for, you know, I, I think people love it when we argue. Yeah. <laughs> they, they love it <laughs> when mommy and daddy argue they love it <laughs> <laughs> alright man thanks everyone All right. thanks everybody Ciao.